When you realize I am where I'm supposed to be and it's okay, it's a fucking magnificent. And when you start to wrap yourself around that, then, then amazing things start to unfold in your life. Then you start to seek your true reason and purpose. And once you start to cooperate with the universe to fulfill your reason and purpose, life tends to turn on into a very magnificent, beautiful thing. And, uh, and a peace washes over you and you are safe and secure, free from fear, free from worry. You've embraced the universe and the universe has embraced you. There's some, uh, some Welcome to Mysterious World. Today we jump into the mind of comedian, storyteller, and magician, Paul Kozak. Hey, fun seekers. Stuart Palm here. Welcome back to Mysterious World, or welcome to Mysterious World if this is your first time here. What is this show? Let's see. I um, I interview people or I have conversations with them and we talk about things that are mysterious in our lives or in the world or magical concepts that we've come across, ways of living that are a little on the weird side. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we do. Today I'm, I, uh, I'm going to share with you a conversation I had with Paul Kozak, and I was, I don't know, it just struck me that I should record him for this. Uh, we met through the world of entertainers and the mystery arts, and he's a magician and mentalist and whatever labels you want to put on what he does. I don't know. I'd love to see his show out in Hawaii whenever that uh, is possible again someday. Um, things are doing good. A little non-evergreen moment here for you. A um, little update. Uh, the last few days, Hong Kong has had uh, no new cases of COVID-19. We had a couple today, but the numbers are way, way down. So it can happen, it can be beat, it can be stopped. Hope is there. Spread that hope to everyone. And before I go further, we're just going to take a few moments, because this is a thing we do on Mysterious World. We're going to take a moment, in a moment, of thanks and love. Gratitude for the people that are helping, the people that are healing, the people who are being completely selfless in this world right now. Focus the love in your heart. Take a breath. Relax.
Amen. It's good to do. And uh, so I'll provide you with a weekly moment of silence. I was listening to, actually not listening, I was watching a show on Netflix, a new show called Midnight Gospel. And uh, I didn't realize what it was until I heard the voice uh, of the character. It's an animated, bizarre, surreal animated show. And the voice of the main character is Duncan Trussell. And if you don't know Duncan Trussell, you should check out the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, uh, which is the thing that inspires me, man. I, Whenever I listen to him, I just want to go and make more stuff. And part of it is that he's just unabashedly trusting his voice. He just, uh, he, he, he very often just like lets it go. And it's great. I, I admire that. And it's a great podcast. It's an inspiring thing to hear and, and go, I, you know, I want to do more of these. I want to make this a stronger voice. I want to do more with this thing that I've created. So let's do that together. Here's what you can do. And it doesn't matter when you're hearing this, but if everyone who listens to Mysterious World shared it with two friends, shared it like, I mean, you could physically press that share button on whatever app you use for podcasts and share it on Facebook or share it on Instagram or share it wherever the hell you can share it, but share it focused share with two friends, two people who you think would enjoy the kind of insanity that we get up to on here. Share it with them. Because I know you have those two friends, or you wouldn't be here yourself listening to a podcast about the unexplained, unexplainable things in this world. So thank you. Thank you in advance for passing that on, for sharing it on, for spreading the love, spreading the word. And thanks for being here now. Thanks for tuning in. For changing your vibration for a moment and taking in the words of the people that appear in my life to tell their stories, to connect, to spread an idea that there's more to the path that we're on. There's more to it. There's more to it than we generally, um, on our day-to-day wanderings, give credit. And that's kind of the point, right? You're not going to explain it. You're not going to figure it out. You're not going to have the answer. You can decide on whatever answer you feel good with. But accepting that mystery is important. Accepting that you don't know and that it's wonderful and beautiful. Because we all need a little more wonder at all times. And that's uh, that's kind of why I started this podcast. Anyway, the world's an interesting place. And I think what we're doing right now is positive. I think what we're doing right now is we're taking a moment 
some people are kicking and screaming about it, but we are taking a moment to put things back in order. And I love seeing that we can do that, that the, the world has the power to just take a step back and go, whoa, okay, let's, uh, let's not rush into things. And what's happening with the people that I see who are playing the groundhog game here is, uh, is that they're bettering themselves. They're reading books, they're learning new skills, they're teaching on Zoom, they're connecting in new ways. I've been listening to the Walter Isaacson um, biography for Leonardo da Vinci, and I'm in love with it. Uh, Highly recommend it. I'm sure it's a wonderful book to read as well, but I love listening to biographies as uh, audiobooks. And I'm fascinated that Leonardo da Vinci made a lot of money as an event designer, creating spectacles and allegorical stories for court where there would be mechanical gizmos that made confetti explode and made uh, characters appear and just created whimsy and wonder. And, and I love that he, that that was part of him, that he was a known as an attractive man who dressed beautifully, who sang wonderfully and generally people wanted to be around. He's a great role model. Only his fallback was that he never completed a lot of his projects. And he was known in his time as a guy who didn't finish things. So in that way, I'm not going to be like Leonardo. He is and has been sort of a role model in my list of people that, that I'm fascinated and inspired by. And right now is a good time to reaffirm those things. It's a good time to look at our role models and adjust them find the people we can talk to who might not talk back, but who will lend inspiration to best work for the goals that we set now for ourselves in the future. I'll leave you with that and let you jump in to my conversation with Paul Kozak. Seven years, it was seven years on April the 1st, April Fool's Day. I landed on the island seven years ago, so. And you seem to, in those seven years, have fully embraced a lot of the cultural things uh, about the place. You know, it is so, um, it's, 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 it's destiny. It truly is. As I sit here, as I'm speaking to you right now, there's a lovely, gentle rain happening. And um, I live on the dry side of the island, on the west side, on the Kona side. And my house is right at the edge of the water. I live on Mauna Kea, the mountain Mauna Kea, 
which is the highest mountain in the world, higher than Everest, if measured from the base of the ocean, you know, from its base, which is underwater. So I live halfway up the mountain, right at the water's edge, and I'm looking out my window right now at Mauna Kea, and I look at the, uh, I'm looking at the Keck Observatories, and there's just a break in the cloud coverage. I can see them. They're up there like, like gems, like diamonds. And it, this is why I meditate. I meditate at my uh, kitchen table here, looking out this back window at this mountain. And I meditate by focusing my attention on those eyes, the, the observatories, the eyes of, of mankind that are looking at the, it, into deep space at the furthest edges of the universe. It's a, it's a truly a mystical and uh, fascinating thing to realize where I physically am right now, you know. And um, <clears throat> to be here in Hawaii, you know, when I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as a boy. Nice. My, my father was a steel worker. And when I was a little boy, uh, now I just turned 65, which, is, which astounds me hmm. uh, that I'm that old now. Um, I just turned 65 in February. And when I was a little boy, like in the, uh, maybe in the early 60s, my father would occasionally find a coconut or a pineapple at the grocery store, which back then was a big deal because that meant it had to have traveled from here to Pittsburgh, you know? It was very rare. Right. And, and my father would just bring home this coconut. Remember the first time he brought home a coconut? He was just so excited. And I remember him trying to crack it open with a chisel and a hammer, and I remember him cracking it open and the milk spilled everywhere. And <laughs> he was just fascinated by coconuts, pineapples, that tropical you know, a mystery. Oh yeah. And, uh, and he used to call it, then he, he started to take us to all the, to the drive-in theater, you know, the drive-in movies, seeing all the surf movies. And he started to call himself the big kahuna. And, uh, and um, sure. he just got fascinated with, uh, you know, Magnum PI and Hawaii Five O his entire life. And just, was always he was drawn to this to this to this uh to this this geographic you know spiritually and um did he ever get to go no he never did and oh, wow. you know he's he's gone 10 years now he passed away before i came here did he have and, tiki glasses you know you know something my is is a child he started to sketch Tiki's on the walls in our basement and paint them. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it is so surreal to, to be here now. Now, I first came to Hawaii in the, like around 1980, 81. You know, at mm-hmm. that time I was based out of Los Angeles and the Ice House, you know, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic and a magician, you know, for your yeah. listeners to, to, to know who I am. And, um, I was based out of L.A. I came out of the comedy store Laugh Factory Improv. And there's also another famous uh, comedy club in, in the L.A. area in Pasadena called the Ice House. And right. uh, they've been in business for over 50 years now, you know. So the Ice House used to book a gig here in Hawaii for us L.A. comics. It was two weeks in Hawaii. 
It was one week at the Ilakai Comedy Club in Waikiki, and then the second week was island hopping. You know, you do one or two nighters in all the other islands. Hmm. And in every comic was in a rotation of getting this once a year. And I was picking it up three times a year because uh, with the magic, I brought more of a show to the table than a stand-up monologist, you know? Sure. So, um, so I knew Hawaii, but I didn't know Hawaii like I know Hawaii now. You know, I was a younger man back then. I had a different agenda. It was about getting laid and scoring some some marijuana to bring back to the mainland, you know? Right. Um, uh, is so... It's just so fascinating to be here now. You know, this was not my choice to come here. It was, uh, I, I, you know, it was it, the, 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 the universe brought me here. And it's just amazing. It, it, the mystery for me is to be here now in, in this moment, even just talking about it. Deep mystery for me. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, got, I, I ended up in Hong Kong the same way. The universe brought me here and uh, I, I've trusted it and it's been, it's been a good choice. Um, I figure Willie Nelson and Woody Harrelson both live in Hawaii. It's got to be a good place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's um, when I the moment I knew I was coming here, it was I call it a phone call from God. You know, I was headlining at the uh, Tropicana Casino in Atlantic City. I had been there for five years. Right. I had, as a matter of fact, I had just signed a five-year extension on that contract. I was going to say, I had a perfect situation there. I, you know, in, in these casino situations, it's called four-walling the room, you know, where you're going to pay rent, you're going to pay front and back of house union labor, pay your own advertising, marketing. And my deal at the Tropicana was half the gate. That's, that's, that was the deal. Half, half the ticket, I took half the ticket prices, you know. Nice. And it was sweet, and I was in a brand-new state-of-the-art $3 million theater, sat 400 people. It was beautiful, beautiful setup, you know. Although Atlantic City somewhat of a shithole, I lived in a good neighborhood, and I was there during the recession. I made more money there than I did in Vegas, where I was the five years prior to that at the right. Sahara. And um, I had gotten off stage one night, and uh, I got a phone call from, this, from a Las Vegas show producer named Dick Feeney. And Dick's one of the one of Vegas's longest running, most successful independent show producers in the history of Vegas. And um, he called me and I had just gotten off stage. I was at the Wawa getting a pack of chokes, you know. And he's, I said, Dick, what are you calling me for? And he goes, I don't know why I'm calling. I just called. Uh, I was compelled to call you. And I said, how are things in Vegas? And he goes, I'm not in Vegas. And I said, where are you? And he goes, well, to be honest with you, I'm in Hawaii right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm on a beach under a tree in the shade in a place called Beach 69. And I was just over, I had this overwhelming compulsion to call you. <laughs> nice. And I said, really? And, uh, and I, he said, what's going on with you? And I told him I just signed a five-year extension. Now, I had worked for, I've, I've known Dick since 83, and I had, for the five years I was at the Sahara, Sahara, I was working for him in a show called The World's Greatest Magic Show. So, you know, in those 10 years in the casino market, you know, that's seven days a week. No, you know, I, I did a decade every, working every day, never missed a single show. And he wow. said, before you start this new contract, you should take a vacation. You should come out here to Hawaii. 
in uh, for a week. And he goes, no, you should come out for 10 days, not not a week. A week's not enough. And I looked right. at it as a sign from God, you know, just from the universe. I went, okay. And uh, I approached the Tropicana, said I'd like to take a vacation before I start this next cycle. And, um, you know, when you land in Kona, the Kona airport's just so quaint. There's no terminal, you know. You, you get off the plane, you come down the ramp, you know. it's Right. And it, when, when I landed and the, they opened the jet door and that tropical air comes in the cabin, and that moment, I knew I was home. I knew that this, I was, this, the God had done, the universe had done a work in my life. And this is where I was going to spend the rest of my days. And it was very mysterious, very amazing. I, 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 sometimes when I describe it, I feel like I'm not doing it enough emotional or spiritual justice in, in describing it, you know. But it's no coincidence and no mistake that I'm sitting here right now. That's for sure. Awesome. That's the mis- that's the mystery for me, you know. I do. That's beautiful. I love when when uh, things align like that. Um, so you you have your own theater. You do shows pretty much whenever you want. But I, as far as I, from talking to you before, remember, kind of every night. Uh, I'm sure things are different right now, but uh, generally speaking, you kind of do a show every night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. During the day, it's an art gallery. Yes, yes. I um, I am an oil painter myself, and um, nice. so I, I know art well enough. It was, a, it was a matter of problem solving as a magician, you know. I found a perfect location for my business, and um, uh, in putting this, sh- and the rent here is very high, you know, it's some of the highest rent in the world. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a destination, you know, um, uh, you know, resort area, and so in just trying to realize, you know, most comedy clubs and shows, they, you know, they only, only, they only monetize at night during the show, yet they pay rent around the clock. So when I was building out my, my place, you know, I designed it and built it out. And uh, I realized, you know, I, um, I should consider some sort of retail operation during the day to monetize yeah. And most magicians, when they put together a little thing like this, they, they, they add a magic shop, you know, they sell tricks, cheap tricks. And I go, that's not the way to go. And nope. and I was thinking retail, I've never ran a retail business before, I'm, I'm, you know, but see, I'm a magician. So to me, being a magician is a philosophical way of life. You know, I, I, I absolutely am, am convinced to the marrow of my bones that nothing is impossible and that all I have to do is use my my mind and I can achieve and do anything, you know? And that's my job as a magician, to demonstrate that, you know? So, you know, I just apply my, my magical thinking to my situation and I realize, well, well I'm just gonna have to educate myself how to run a retail business, you know? I didn't know anything about negotiating leases and things like that. I just went out and uh, I, I, I accumulated information, uh, consumed it, uh, was humble enough to go and you know, put my ego aside and go ask questions to people that did know. And, yep. um, and that's how, what I did. And then I realized, you know, Jesus, you know, I'm spending a, a lot of money building this place out. 
And um, I'm looking at my bank account going, you know, mm, you know, what do I, if I sell retail, that means I'm going to have to buy wholesale to sell at retail. And what do I sell? And then it just hit me. Why not art, you know? And art is consignment, you know? So yeah. I was able, I was able to decorate my showroom and supply myself with retail stock with no out of pocket, you know? Yeah, nice. So that's how it worked out. And I love art and, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm still learning as an artist. And, um, you know, I'm doing a I'll combination. I'll tell you a secret about that. What's that? Uh, you're never not learning as an artist. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is so true. You know, uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I, anyway, I ultimately... And, and I if you did, this, if you did, you'd probably stop doing it. <laughs> right. And uh, I ended up with a beautiful showroom art gallery during the day, and it has a very unique vibe. And up until this uh, this this virus situation, I was doing the show seven days a week, not because I have to, because I love to, and um, and right. you know. But it's a, it's a it's a seasonal market, so I try to do it seven days a week. I do occasionally get a day off, you know, when we're in off season, slow season. I could roll two small audiences into a bigger audience, and sure. But it's an intimate show where I only and see it's, fifty. It's under people. your your. You can make that decision. It's your deal. It's your gig. Yes, yes. That's awesome. You've like uh, you won. Well done. Well, I wouldn't say I won. I would say that I am blessed and uh, and continue sure. to it's not a competition. More blessings. But, yeah, it's not a competition. But you're, and you're doing and it's not it luck. Away. It's not luck. I don't believe in luck. I believe in. I believe that you are where you're at for reason and purpose, and um, in 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 that's part of the um, part of living in the mystery of life to 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 figure, try to see the reason and purpose of where you are in your life and uh, and and try to to add to the stream of goodness in the universe by what yeah. you're experiencing, you know expressing it back into the universe we've only talked like two times maybe um but you have a very cool vibe of wisdom uh, and and i'm sure that it it, it makes people listen and it makes them stop well, and want to hear what you got to say um and i wonder do you do have you have you always been a person that people came to to uh seek out whatever it is you're you've got going on like have you always been a draw just as a um, you know i would say to how would i i, I have i'm gonna try to answer that question free from know, it's ego. a weird question yeah it's a, but it's a it's a it's a it's a i'll good give you question. i'll give you a, a related a related uh thing and i think maybe you're gonna have the same as as what i'm about to say uh i have realized my whole life people come to tell me things that they need to tell somebody. And they're looking for, they're, sometimes they're looking for a, a direction or something to do with that, uh, and which is why I do the, the hypnotherapy part of, of my uh, game or my work or my practice. Uh, but, um, but also they 
it's like they, they it's like I'm calling to them somehow without even realizing I'm doing it and uh, uh, they just want to have that interaction and I don't know why me but I know that it's like okay I'm supposed to do this uh, just like I, I know I'm supposed to entertain on some level you know there's a, there's a thing you just know um, so I see that with you I, this is why I think it manifests itself, and I agree with you. You know, um, I see that in you, and I see it in myself. But I'm trying to be to delicately because I'm, I'm right now in this stage of my life. I'm trying to really practice the quality of humility. Um, after all these years in show business, you know, and um, uh, and from what I've done, I I, I have. I really try to grow in humility and to check my ego because of some other things I've been studying and going down the rabbit hole on. So, so to answer this question, to be somewhat free from the ego behind it, is that um, I think this quality, this this situation in life of my the way other people interact with me, comes from a place that I have a genuine love for people for all yep. people you know exactly. i think and i see that quality in you as well i i think that's why we are where we're at in our lives it's this authenticity this uh, spiritual connection through love that draws yes. yeah. and attracts people to us you know and and as you know, for, for for some time now, I've been down the rabbit hole on you know a lot of um, um, spiritual applications to to our performances and the what we right. do. It's a and deeper, I, a deeper it, connection to magic through love, right? It's it's and you know something, and it, it's it's no coincidence. That I'm only discovering this now because I don't think I could have been this. I could not have handled this earlier in my career. My my ego would have gotten in the way, you know. Right. I, and and um, and I think that it's happening to me now because um, I, I'm finding new reason of purpose of being a magician. It's not just to entertain. It's not just to heal through laughter. It's to inspire and uh, have uh, uh, and to give other people aspiration and to heal um, on a deeper level of yeah. of, of of emotionally, mentally, uh, somewhat physically, and more importantly, spiritually. You know. Um, you know, and I, and, I, and I just don't mean on on doing uh, some um, some reading stuff. I, I I'm achieving this in my natural uh, stage show. You know, right. people people I'm having an effect on people. I'm touching them in ways that I've never been able to touch them before. You know, it's one thing. It's a very powerful thing to make people laugh. Very powerful. I look at it almost like a like a. Um, um, like a superhero power, you know, <laughs> not just on stage, but in just everyday life, just that power to make people laugh on a deep level, on, you know, a deep, deep level, uh, spontaneously, you could change their moment, you know, it's a very powerful thing to have. And I think you're just born with it. You know, you, I don't think this is something you can develop, you know, in, in a certain way. And then it's another thing to... Uh, to amaze people, to take them to a level of deep astonishment. 
But it's another thing to move people emotionally, you know. Um, And and that's what I've been doing for the last, um, you know, decade of my performing career is touching people's hearts and um, and their souls, not just their hearts, you know, touching their souls. It's an amazing thing, you know. There is a lot that can be achieved just through rapport. Yes. Like, like connecting and just about connecting, there's so much that can be given. Uh, there, there's this guy um, in Eastern Europe somewhere who um, normally if you come across what he does, it's in the context of people uh, skeptically responding to it or being like, oh my God, these people, how in the world are they into this or whatever. And, and I forget his name off the top of my head. I have to look it up, but I'm not going to right now. Um, and what he does is he goes to a group of people and he stares at them. And there's something for them in his stare that, that's healing uh, or giving. I, or, I know who you're talking about. I don't I've even seen know. But, I can't remember and, his name either, yeah, but I it's remember a, it's, a cursory glance. I thought, this is what is this? And then this? I gave it a bit more attention and I went, there's something going on here. You know, There must be. Uh, I'm fascinated it, by it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see his And I thought to myself, was it on some level, you know, I, I, you know, crossed my eyes again another time. And I thought, you know, my first glance to at it, I thought it was some, some trans hypnotic, uh, uh, unmas effect, you know, but then I thought, no, there's something a little bit bit deeper going on here. You know, I wonder, I'd be curious to find out the whole package, you know, from beginning sure. to to end, you know, because I'm sure that entails a lot of the phenomenon that that, that they're experiencing. But when I know? when I think of it, people go to someone with healing abilities to heal. They know what they want to heal. They know what they want to work on. If all they need is a signifier to say, "This is going to let the healing start," just let this man look at you. That's going to work. You know, this is a good a good uh, time to segue into another area of mystery that I've been involved in studying and looking at deeply, nice. and that is quantum physics. You know uh-huh. that that I feel this phenomenon what we're just now discussing. You know, in this attribute that you seem to have and that I seem to have. This attraction is a good word for it, okay? Sure. And a, a genuine, authentic attraction to other people, that other people are attracted to us, we are attracted to other people. And the same phenomenon that's going on with this, with the, the great starer, you know? Um, and I think it has something to do, well, something I'm looking at. Now, I'm being open-minded to it about entanglement, quantum entanglement, you know? And... Um, yeah. That, that there is a form of communication that is unspoken and unsaid and, and, and non-verbally and non-physically, that communication that goes on between all things, you know, through the quantum field energy source, you know. And I, I and that's something that I'm looking at right now, you know. Um you know, and, and I'm trying to weed out a lot of the, the you know, the, the psychobabble, new age uh, BS involved in it all. I'm, you know, I'm trying try to keep open minded 
to any theoretical and speculative things that are going on. But I, you know, I got one, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, our field, you know, the, a lot of a lot of men in our field, men and women are in the camp of skepticism, you know. And then you got another camp where they got both feet in the mystical world, you know, and I try to keep one foot in both worlds, you know. Um, I, I have to balance that out somewhat, you know. So I need to see some science behind it, some some factual evidence. I, that's what I need. I need I need some evidence about it, you know. Sure. So, you know, some of the evidence I'm looking at is, you know, you know, is it is is verifiable and measurable and quantified through quantum physics, you know, that explains a lot of of um, mysterious phenomenon that we're, I think we're just beginning to tap into. You know, for months now, and especially since we've been isolated, I am consumed with Graham Hancock. Do you know, I'm, I'm sure you know who Graham is. Do you know who Graham is? Yeah. Yes. And um, I'm fascinated by all this stuff, you know, of uh, the mystery of perhaps a, a lost civilization that that possessed knowledge that that was lost, you know. I mean, there's a lot that he's he's a very compelling uh, presenter in a journalistic way because he's not a he's not a scientist, you know, uh, per se. But he is a an astute journalist and, and an investigator, and he presents a lot of compelling evidence. Is that he? You just, I, I know he's the uh, magicians of the gods guy, right? Yes, magicians of the gods. Is he also the is he is he into the ancient alien stuff? Well, not ancient aliens. He 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 tend to, he tries to keep his toe out of that area concerning it, you know, because right. he is a journalist and he's looking for evidence. And um, I myself have have a toe in that area, you know. Uh, there, mm -hmm. I. Because I have had a personal experience. I have some close, trusted friends who have had personal experiences. And I look at the, at the evidence that is presented to us, you know, through stuff that has been suppressed. And I go, well, you know, I, I got to keep my eyes and my mind open to that stuff. But sure. Graham, tend, tend, Graham tends not to go there. Um, Specifically, because he's already being debunked and you know vilified so much by the scientific community, you know, because of of what he's been presenting, rocks the whole scientific community. You know, the archaeological world has to redefine everything. You know, everything we've been taught has been wrong, really. You know, <laughs> on so many levels, not just through Graham, but you know, just there's. Oh, there's it's, always always new evidence that you need to look at. Sure, yeah, it's it's interesting that there's a simultaneous thing that seems to be happening in modern culture, whereas on uh, on one side, people do seem to be going too far away from um, respected knowledge, so that there that there's some there's there's some lack of trust in people who really know what they're talking about and have spent their lives devoted to studying certain things, which I think we, we need to come a little bit back on. But what is good about that out there looking within culture is that people who have 
other ideas about you know things that are accepted as as the norm um, are getting the ability to have a voice better. I, I think. I think that's yeah. happening. And 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 I I think that some of these things and I don't know Graham well enough to know his ins and outs on all, all the little things. But I, I've always been one to uh, look at the ancient Egyptian stuff and, and what are the pyramids for and all those questions. And I've there is enough stuff out there and evidence out there and studies out there that I do not accept the idea that those are tombs. You know, so th there are lots of stories like that where you're right. like, oh, no, there's more to this than we know. Yeah, uh, a lot that's, more. That's what know. the show's about. That's what I like. I like that, no, there's more to this than we know and there's more to life than we're able to know and 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 we the scientific world the materialistic perspective of science and i and i do respect and love science but i don't think it it needs um to be the only way to look at things and that's the problem sometimes is people right. mainly go for the scientific perspective um because it does have the ability to have a, a evidence which is good but there are some things that can't you can't look at them through the scientific method. It, it doesn't, it's not going to work. You know, I, um, this journey that I'm on with Graham and in, in this rabbit hole that I'm down concerning all this began with a Netflix special called the pyramid code. Um, yeah. With John, John West, you know, and the evidence he presented was so compelling about what you were just talking about. Those weren't tombs, you know, they, those were, and when you look at all the evidence concerning that, and Graham goes into some greater detail about it all, you know, Graham went further down that he, you know, he was good friends with John West and um, and and uh, du uh, Duval about the Orion. Um, uh, he was. Are you aware of this? That the pyramids are. are you, uh, you know what? Uh, 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 Graham's involved a lot with this archaeological um, astrology. You know. They have these computer models where they can shift all the stars back in yeah. time to their. There's place a time in, point that they point to of where Orion right. was at that. So time. the the pyramids, Orion, the pyramids are, are aligned with Orion's belt, and the yes. Sphinx looks out over the horizon at itself uh, twelve thousand eight hundred years ago. You know, so when you look at evidence like that, and you, I mean, it's it's so mysterious, and compelling. You go. So part of what Graham is talking about is that 12,800 years ago, there was a, an event uh, uh, of the, the, at that time that the North American continent and Canada, you know, were under a miles thick uh, ice shelf, okay, a glacier. And, mm. um, and there was an event, and, and it's been proven now it, only in the last five to seven years, it has been scientifically proven that an event happened, probably a comic uh, event. Uh, that, cosmic uh, event. You know, yeah. A cosmic event of a comet coming in through the atmosphere, breaking up and hitting the ice shelf and, and doing a instantaneous melt of all the, of that ice, of, of that glacier. Right. That inundated the world and rose the ocean 400 feet, you know, worldwide. Right. And, and that's some of other Graham's work. You know, he has done extensive diving, you know, in the continental shelf offshore and has found all these underwater cities, you know. 
So there yeah. was a period of time, 12,800 years ago, and um, that, that, that this, and it's called the Younger Dryas uh, period, okay? Of a, of a of a thousand years of when this after this and all cultures all over the world have this flood um, um, story built into their culture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All, all cultures have it, you know, and from Noah to I mean to the Indians, the, the you know the the it's, it just it's just worldwide, yeah. and is so. With that said, you know, um, this is, when I was a kid, when I was a little boy in Pittsburgh, all my friends were reading comic books. And at that time, I was, for some reason, always involved with studying and reading Greek and Roman mythology, you know, and fascinated by those stories. And that's part of Graham's um, argument here, that a lot of this mythology, a lot of this, a lot of this, um, stuff that has been written away as just myth and bullshit is there's that there's a scientific fact uh, yep. behind these stories that Have you back heard then, of Irving Finkel Irving Finkel boy it's uh, 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 the name is familiar but I haven't dipped into it uh, it's no. just a, an interesting guy to look into he's he's a uh, part of the British Museum uh, and he studies cuneiform Oh, that's how I know the name. Yes, yeah, Cuneiform the, from the Sumerians. So yeah, I've I've yeah, watched yeah, yeah. one of and his uh, I've watched he, one of his lectures on YouTube. I know nice. who you're talking about. Yes, he yes. discovered he discovered a description of of a a call to make the ark that predates uh, yes ju that predates Judaism that right. is uh, that it was in Cuneiform. And it describes not only what the ark needs to be made out of, but it gives the measurements. And then he made it. Yes. He went. He it, went to. He ended up having to use uh, the materials from India instead of the Middle East. So it's not exact what he wanted. Like so, he it's just for political reasons. There were certain things they couldn't do, but they did make a functioning boat uh, in the style described that uh, that shows that this is definitely a thing that, on some level, did happen. You know, and what's interesting is right there in that area, uh, which is near, I think it's Mount Arat, um, that's yeah. where they they have recently discovered Gobekli Tepe, you know. Oh, yeah. And Gobekli Tepe, you know, goes back, you know. So what, the, so the, what, the, what, the, what Graham is postulating and offering up to, for consideration is that there was a civilization that was lost, that had much more knowledge, technological knowledge, and they were, they were largely destroyed. There were some survivors, okay? Yep. There were some survivors, and they, they those survivors brought, and mankind, for all, this, uh, for all intents and purposes, was wiped out. There were so many living things wiped out from this, uh, this flood event, you know? And then right. this the 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 younger driest period of a thousand years of 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 another ice age, you know, because you know not only did these glaciers melt, but the comet threw up all this all this moisture and dust into the atmosphere, and it was another thousand years of an ice age, you know, yeah. um, and and so 
there were some survivors from this potential lost civilization that possessed knowledge that, that started the Egyptian culture, the, the culture in South America and mm-hmm. uh, in other parts of the world, you know, the Sumerian culture as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's when, it, when you look at this evidence, you go, well, my God. And Graham goes around the world and, and points out some of these some of these archaeological sites where some of these, <clears throat> for instance, the Temple of Jupiter. You know, um, now the Romans built on top of that; they built that temple, but the foundation of the temple. Some of these foundations from some of these some of these arch- archaeological that, that's the one sites. where the stones are so big. There's so just no big, possible so way. big. There's no possible yeah. way. There's places like that in Russia. There's places like that in in South America from the Incan and Aztec uh, cultures. Some of this stuff is just so big. There was some technology back then, some something, something. And a lot of this has to do with, um, you know. That happens. So, um. So a, a lot of this technology, what, they're, what they think, and what you might have seen in the Pyramid Code too, what those pyramids were for, were some, some kind of conveyance of, of, of enlarging consciousness. Yep. Okay. And that's what I'm fascinated by. That's the mystery for me. The, because that's the journey I've been on for some time now, before I even dipped into all this stuff. Uh, expansion of consciousness, you know. It's time for a little break. A little break from the conversation. It's time. It's time for me to plug stuff. (laughs) Uh, Since I don't have anybody sponsoring my show yet, I'm going to sponsor it with my own little moments of, hey, there are these things that you can do to support the show. And one of those things is to go and find that button that I will tell you about in other places in this recording in other episodes. So just, uh, you know, bear with me. Because I don't know if everybody listens to this thing all the way through or partially through or what, how you, how you go about it. But uh, go to mysteriousworldpodcast.com and click the button on the top there for becoming a patron. And if you do that, uh, you get cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in expanding your mind and learning more about your unconscious and intuitive self, you can get my book at Lulu. Just go on Lulu and search Stuart Palm or go on Lulu and look for Access Your Psychic Self, Beginner Pendulum Magic. It's a book that I wrote and uh, I think people like it. So check it out. If you ever wanted to learn to use a pendulum and... and, uh, and haven't done that, it's a good thing to do. Also, if you belong to a company that is doing online Zoom uh, meetings and needs someone to come in and give a talk on something interesting, I have a uh, talk on creativity. I have a talk on exploring your unconscious and strengthening your intuition. And I'm going to be doing that talk for a company tomorrow night. Uh, And it's kind of the way things seem like they're going these days is that we're doing um, online versions of the things we might have done before. 
And as you can tell, I like to spread words and talk. So spread the word and let me talk. What else is going on? Um, I don't think there's much. I've got some new projects in the works, some new design projects. You can go still to um, the Palms Oracle page on my website, stuartpalm.com, and you can get an early um, pre-order for Palms Oracle deck. Those are almost... Um, almost ready to go out to the printer. It does mean that our original uh, May delivery date is going to get pushed back probably to June, uh, mid-June. But it's not too far. It's not a very big push. And uh, we've got, you know, it's everybody's having to do such things with these lovely situations we have. And... Uh, it's good that we're doing it. It's good that we're working on staying safe and healthy. And while everybody is stuck at home, watching TV and reading books, I'm trying to be able to provide more of these episodes. So thank you for being here, listening, connecting. And uh, if you have a thought, if we spur some kind of interest and you want to share it, please do. Please go to the uh, podcast feed, mysteriousworldpodcast.com, as I'd said before, and leave a comment or leave a comment on Facebook. You can find, uh, there is a page for Mysterious World, but you can go to my page as well, Stuart Palm. We like to chat. We like to get info and create a conversation with the people who are listening to this stuff. So that's all I have to shout out about today. I'll let you jump back in to the mind of Paul Kozak. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, there's nothing anonymous about me. I'm a sober guy. You know, I'm, I just celebrated 19 years of sobriety on March the 8th. And that is part of the journey that I'm on is having this conscious contact with the universe, you know, and I use God and universe as interchangeable just for, you know, it's a God right. of my understanding, you know, and, um, uh, I use those words interchangeably, but they're all one and the same. The allness, you know, the the pervasiveness of this, uh, of this, of this creative, loving force that um, that underlies the totality of all things, you know. For sure. And and that's what I'm trying to um, uh, to expand my consciousness about that. And again, that takes us right back to quantum physics, you know, to entanglement that we are all part of the universe. You know, I had an interesting thing. The day that my father died, he died on um, on on October the 22nd, 2010. Um, one minute past midnight on his 77th birthday. And um, we knew that the end was coming. It was still sooner than what, what I thought it was going to be, you know. 
But I, uh, I got to be a, a sober son to my father, and I got to take care of him emotionally, financially, physically. And um, he was in Pittsburgh when he died, and I was in Atlantic City. And and um, he he all told me ahead of time that when I go, you know, you don't, I don't even want you coming home. That's all I had left in Pittsburgh was my dad, my sister in Phoenix. And um, he said, I don't even want you coming home. I have everything arranged. You no, know, they're going to come and get me, take me to the crematorium, and you know. And um, right. so anyway, that night I'm I'm in bed after the show and I'm sleeping, and um, I had a, I had a dream, and the dream was this: Did you ever <clears throat> go to in, in, into a darkened room? Okay, a, a, like a, a room where there's no lights on, and you reach and you flip the switch on the wall. You just flip it up and down. And the light, and the, you can get the whole light out of the room just from that nanosecond of the light being on. Okay, yep. do you understand? I understand. Okay, so I'm 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 sleeping, and I it was as as if that switch, you know, and in that switch, I was everywhere, and saw everything, and was everything. Uh huh. And the phone rang and it woke me up and it was the, it was the nurse at the hospital saying that my father, uh, was unresponsive. And I believe that, um, that was my father just letting me know that this is, this is the deal, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that took me down the road from that experience. I mean... Yeah, yeah, the message got me that, that that this is what what is going to happen, you know, that um we are you know, and I believe that is through you know, I believe that. I believe that. And I have the evidence of of some of the of the theoretical science behind quantum physics and um and other spiritual things that I've studied in my life that we are all one and that we everything is eternal, you know. Sure. And and um and and I try to tap into that. Um, to, I try to stay connected to that, you know, um, consciously. I try to be consciously aware of that all throughout the day. You know, yeah. it's an exercise, it's a practice. That's one of the things that Graham Hancock goes into uh, in, in perhaps these this ancient civilization, you know, that, you know, he's down the rabbit hole about, um, you know, um, psychedelics, you know, um, and I've done my fair share of psychedelics in my younger days. And I've done, I uh, was an LSD dealer, LSD dealer for a while when I was younger. I've had uh, countless LSD trips and uh, peyote, peyote and mushrooms, psilocybin and um, mescaline. And, you know, I it was a, a, a true experimenter when I was younger, you know, so. Um, yeah. But um, I, because I, I really... Um, and I have some friends who are heavily into ayahuasca and DMT mm-hmm. and, 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 and there's some speculation here, some theory about the, what the tree of life was, you know, that's in all cultures as well, you know, that, yeah. that, 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 that this ancient civilization that there were all this lost knowledge was involved a lot of, um, of, 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 you know, some, psychedelic experiences that expanded consciousness for for 
to bring mankind to a certain level, you know, and that's something that we're missing on right now, which is this certain consciousness, you know. I don't, I don't think we're missing it. I, th- I think it's in us. It is in us, but I, I think that a lot of the problems, you know, uh, you know, <clears throat> since I got sober and since I am a magician and I'm, and I try to be a spiritual, to be, oh, I try to be hyper aware of the fact that I am a spiritual being, okay? Uh, I try to look at things through spiritual eyes, you know, so when I do this, I can see some amazing things. I can, I can see how this, <clears throat> the universe is a living universe in, in, in its lifeblood is love. And uh, I believe that goes down to the planet and um, into all people, all living things. I, I think everything is alive, you know, everything in the yeah. universe is alive and, and its life force is love. That's that's really where I'm at. Totally. Love it. Uh, And I love that um, I didn't even know (laughs) this side of you. (laughs) But something told me, I was like, oh, you know, Cozy would be good for the show. I bet he's got some good stories about mysterious things. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you're exactly right off, right, right out of the right field for this. And and also knowledgeable enough that you can make references without source material to the names of things. Great. Well done. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so I looked up the guy who stares at things. Uh, his name is Brocco. Brocco. But, but here's the cool thing is on the Wikipedia page, the description of Brocco, sometimes called the gazer, is a self-styled healer, in quotes, because Wikipedia is like that, from Croatia. And here's the best ah. part. He does not touch, speak to, diagnose, or treat the people who come to see him. Rather, he stands on a platform and gazes. He avoids direct claims to have the ability to help people with his eye contact. But it is strongly implied, and supporters report it causing improved well-being that's great yeah and you know and i've seen uh i've seen women in, in not just women but you know people in this audience just um emotionally moved to the point of uh ex- ecstasy and tears you know um it's a, it's if, you know i'm looking at it as a spiritual being i'm looking at it as a magician i'm looking at it as a skeptical magician i'm looking at it from a knowledgeable magician knowing about uh, you know um, trance and hypnotic phenomenon you know i'm looking at look i remember yeah anyway it's uh i'm open-minded to it all you know that's something i have discovered in these last um the last decade of my life here that i i try to hold no opinion on pretty much anything you know uh, because once i have an opinion about something you know i've learned this the hard way you know to have an opinion about something means that i've had i have had to have judged it okay and once i judge it and i lock myself into this uh this uh, this superposition of an opinion, 
And, you know, the universe is changing. It's a law of the universe. Everything changes. Everything evolves and changes. And if I have an opinion about something and if that other person, place, situation or thing changes, I don't see the change in it. I don't see the unfoldedment because my perception is locked in this in this period of time, you know, that no longer exists. So it's an illusion. My opinion is an illusion. Yep. So I tr- and, and once I have an opinion and I've gone through this this process of judgment, then um, I'm no longer open minded for you know, to see anything else change, let alone my own change and unfoldment, you know. Yep. So what I do now is I've trained myself to be an observer. I observe, measure, report, discern back to myself about what I'm observing, you know. Now, were you already naturally an observer? Yes. Okay. Because when yes. I think about that, that's one of the key things um, for me in that I've loved people. I, I'm intrigued and interested in people. I'm, I'm an introvert, but I'm, I'm interested. You know, I like people and I connect with them deeply. Uh, uh, and it's part of the reason I, I ended up in performance. Uh, but, but even as a child, one of my favorite things to do was to be in a place where there were lots of people and just observe what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm still like that. I still like to just sit at a cafe <laughs> and that, where people walk by and watch the theater of humanity. Right, right. And, and the, the older you get and the more, the more skill you develop at observation, the more astute you are at it. You know, uh, little things are big things and big things are little things, you know, in your, <laughs> in your, in your eyes. And, it, and also it depends on what pair of glasses I'm looking through as I observe, you know. Right. Um, you know. Well, you know, I wonder, looking back at this Bracco guy, because he's been a good impetus. Uh, uh, but I wonder, when I think about what would the experience be of this uh, show for someone who's not, um, someone who came into it cold and didn't know what it was, if you were to just appear all of a sudden in the audience of this and go, well, now what's going on? You would see a man standing on a pedestal and he'd be gazing. And I assume what he does is locks eyes with everybody at some point. Mm-hmm. So he will just go around. And if you're also watching back at some point, he's going to make eye contact with you for a moment. And that's going to affect you. Right. What I love about that is that that's the simplest possible thing you could do on a platform. You know, it is. And, you know, <clears throat> when I'm on stage, um, you know, I've been on some pretty big stages. You know, for the for the five years I was in Vegas, the Sahara, I was in their, uh, you know, almost 2,000-seat theater, you know. And you can't even see the audience because of the stage lights are so bright. But uh, but I've done this my entire performing career. As I break the as a performer, I'm trying to make a personal connection to everybody in the audience. Sure. So I, I I divide the room into quadrants. You know, I'll look far deep left, and I'll look out there, and I tr- and if I can see some comedy clubs, you can see some you can't. Some theaters, if I can see. 
I envision myself making eye contact with somebody at a in in that quadrant, you know. And I hold the gaze for a moment, and I'll come up to to mid showroom, mid mid center, and then you know gaze there for a minute, and then shift it to, to shallow uh, the right stage right, and yeah. and, and I, I I skip around the quadrants, and as I do that, I do make eye contact with somebody. I will wink at them or gesture towards them. And everybody in that vicinity then feels like I look directly into their eyes, you know. Um, yep. I, I see Trump using that technique quite a bit when he's at his rallies. He'll point, he'll point and give a oh, thumbs yeah. up. They, you know? they, they train politicians to do that. Technique. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know. the, it's, an, it's, an, it's not the same thing to me, though, because it's empty. Right, right. But see, this is a te- you see, see, I'm doing is I'm trying to dissect what the gazer is doing on a certain level, you know. So yeah, there's that. Sure. But, but you know, it, it was profound what you said. If somebody didn't know about this and all of a sudden found themselves in this situation, I guarantee you that this person would be get caught up into it all. Oh yeah. No matter because of and again, why? Because of this. Some some scientists would say because of. Uh, herd mentality, you know, a shared experience, you know. Uh, but I think it also has an effect on the quantum level of entanglement, you know. Right. Um, and, and I think actually whatever it is, we're not going to be able to explain it. Right. We're not going to be able okay. to explain it. Yeah. And it, it is okay. And it's, uh, and, and what is, what it ultimately is going on here, um, a positive effect on people, you know, so I've got no issue with it. That's for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless it comes out that he's doing some bad stuff, then, then, uh, then it's a different thing. Um, yeah, totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been involved yourself with, um, the indigenous beliefs and, um, uh, spiritual practices in Hawaii? You know, when I first came here, <clears throat> um, I immersed myself in the culture, in the history, and um, and I became Hawaiian. For all intents and purposes, I, I'm, I'm Hawaiian. I, this aloha spirit that they talk about, I, I believe that I've always had that. I believe that I believe that this is my destiny to be here at this time in my life. Uh, yeah. That um, if I had been here any sooner, living here, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have been right for me, you know. And I wouldn't have been right for the place, you know. It's um, it's that's that's the mystery of it all for me is that um, mm. you you are where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. That there is no. There, that, that there is reason and purpose in some divine, I'm in divine order with the universe. That's the best way I could describe it. I yeah. am in divine order with the universe, and I believe all of us are. And, and, and you're going to be uncomfortable wherever you're at until you realize that, you know? Yeah. When you realize I am where I'm supposed to be, and it's okay, it's a fucking magnificent Nice. And when you start to wrap yourself around that, then, then amazing things start to unfold in your life. Then you start to seek your true reason and purpose. And once you start to cooperate with the universe to fulfill 
your reason of purpose, life tends to turn on and into a very magnificent, beautiful thing. And, uh, and a peace washes over you and you are safe and secure, free from fear, free from worry. You've embraced the universe and the universe has embraced you. There is some, sure. uh, some connection spiritually between you and the universe. And, um, and, and I, I think that is what is called fucking glory. <laughs> nice. Preach it, brother. I, you know, I would come to the, I would come to the church of cozy. I would, I'm, I'm there. I'll sit on that congregation for sure. You know something, Stuart, I think I should tell you the story of how I became a magician. I don't think I've told you this story. Nope. Because it is quite mysterious. Kozak's story about how he became a magician in part two. Part two will be episode probably number 24. Uh, next episode will be the part two of Catherine Ironwood's uh, story, which I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing as well. Uh, thank you, thank you for joining us, for listening, for being a part of this mysterious world. If you'd like to learn more about the episodes and uh, anything we've talked about, you can check out all the details at mysteriousworldpodcast.com or go to stuartpalm.com and click on the podcast button. It's been fun. Uh, I am on a kick right now of productivity and personal growth. And uh, it seems the people that I'm getting introduced to in my world, um, they're all they're all good people with things to guide me, and I'm sure I have some guidance to give them as well. It's good to always look at the people you meet as part of your lesson. There's always an interchange. There's always something that we have to give. There's always something that others that we come across that come into our lives have to give us. And it's best to remain in a sense of gravi gratitude. That's a new word I'm, I'm inventing, gratitude. It's the, the heaviness <laughs> of gratitude. Gratitude. Uh, remain in a sense of, of gratitude. Uh, I really love the moment when... Paul describes how he's given up having opinion and opinions in general. I thought that was beautiful. Letting go of the ego to the extent of just being an observer and, and just being. 
Lovely time talking to him, always. Can't wait someday to go visit Hawaii myself. Um, if you'd like to see more continued episodes, or at least hear them, of Mysterious World, you can help us out greatly by going to mysteriousworldpodcast.com or stuartpalm.com and clicking the podcast menu button and then clicking the Patreon button. Go to Patreon and pledge your support. It is greatly appreciated. Um, we will be sharing extra content um, over at Patreon. And if you join the Patreon with any level of support, I will send you a free copy, a PDF coffee, copy of uh, Access Your Psychic Self, Beginner Pendulum Magic, my book on using the pendulum to better open and unlock your unconscious and your intuition. You can also check out all the old episodes there. You can download them to your own computers and devices. Uh, but please, 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 if you enjoy this show, go over to the Apple podcast app and leave a review and give it five stars. It's a very small act and it helps a lot. Go click that five star button and um, maybe someday I can <laughs> add advertisements to this thing or something. That's not what you want. Uh, you know, it, it's lovely to have these podcasts. It's lovely to make them, but it, they're hard to monetize. Uh, even so, I'm sure that um, this is leading me somewhere. I have a dream of someday um, traveling to, to explore the mysteries and magic around the world. I want to I want to do this on a larger scale, not just from my office desk. So if you have an avenue, if you have a connection, if you have a way to facilitate that dream of mine, you can send me a message, Stuart at stuartpalm.com or thirdsightstudio at gmail.com or Facebook, find Stuart Palm or Psychic Entertainer on Instagram. I got lots of ways you can connect and send your thoughts and ideas. And I'll send back mine and uh, my deepest love. I love you all. I wish you well. The world needs healing right now. And I think that's what's happening. I think that's what's going on. Blessed be.
climb closer to the golden dawn. Immersed in Crowley's uniform of imagery. I'm living in a silent film, portraying him the sacred realm of dream reality. I'm frightened by the total goal, drawing to the ragged hole. And I ain't got the power anymore. No, I ain't got the power anymore. I'm the twisted name on Garpo's eyes, living proof of church's lies. I'm destiny. I'm torn between the light and dark, where others see their target, divine symmetry. Should I kiss the viper's fang, or herald out the death of man? I'm sinking in the quicksand of my thought. And I ain't got the power anymore. Don't believe in yourself. Don't deceive with belief. Knowledge comes with death's release. Oh, oh, I'm not a prophet or a Stone Age man. Just a mortal with potential of a superman I'm living on. I'm tethered to the logic of Homo sapien. Can take my eyes from the great salvation of bullshit faith. If I don't explain what you ought to know, you can tell me all about it on the next Bardot. I'm sinking in a quicksand of my thought. And I ain't got the power anymore. Don't believe in yourself. Don't deceive with belief. Knowledge comes with death's release. Oh, oh, don't believe in yourself, don't deceive with belief, knowledge comes with death's release. Oh.